1: Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura.
2: Let's do it live on a first Friday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo. He is the great Z. The team in Canton at the home of the future Hoff.
3: Yeah, and they picked a home of the future Hoff and probably some future Hoffs on the roster as well. No report uh, as to yet, as if if Miles Garrett did go into the Hall of Fame. he would not go. He said he won't go until he's uh, inducted. That is, I will say, I love Miles. That's a pretty Miles stance. It's great. There's no doubt. It's very much on brand. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, But they had a very light practice, if you could even call it a practice, kind of a jog through, which I'm sure they're pleased about because it's quite hot out. It's quite hot out. And, folks, this is how you know that becoming uh, a peepaw has changed Gibbe. Yes, for sure. Because in our rundown in the opening segment, we've got some bullets on news and this, that, and what other. And then listen to this last one. This is a direct quote. I'm going to read it verbatim. Read it verbatim. We make jokes about the weather all the time. Today is no joke. Hydrate. If you don't have AC but know somewhere you can go where they do have it, go. Take care of one another. Peepaw. The end. A nurture for the river. That's beautiful, Just dude. For the a the I'm off at
4: 515 today. I am slugging beers like the world's ending. Hold on.
3: What about this soft, sensitive side? Take care Everybody of one another else, into the Cleveland yourselves. Browns daily.
4: Me? I'm going out with a bang.
3: <laughs> nah, 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 nah. It's nah, been nah. a great run. Stop game. saying that, Gibby. We need you around. <laughs>
2: the, uh, in, so it is. By the way, like there is like two hundred thousand people without power in Columbus
4: that aren't going to get it. That aren't until aren't getting like, it Friday. I feel like
2: it's it's Thursday at eleven fifty nine at night. <laughs> they the two hottest <laughs> days of the year. Time. I have no idea. The two the, apparently they stopped it because there was they turned it off so it wouldn't overload the grid because of some of the stuff that happened in the storm. Their workers are working around the clock to try to. Get it done. Of course, it's not on them, but it's just a crazy thing. Two hundred thousand people in a in a city like that without power in ninety eight degrees. And by the way, awful. there's more
4: bad weather coming tomorrow. <laughs> what do we got tomorrow now? Cold front coming through. Severe, severe weather. Probably right in the middle of practice tomorrow.
3: What? Yeah, we're I, we. Oh uh, yeah, seventy. We got to be flexible for. And the then we're down kids. to like. How about this? Well, I'm just s- looking at the ten day. Ninety five today. 90 tomorrow, down to 80, 69, and sunny on Saturday, which is actually probably going to feel Sound really lovely, nice. Lovely, yeah. Then 75, 82, 93, 91. Next Tuesday, 93 degrees.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So tomorrow we've got some, we got a, uh, thunderstorms in the area. Hail and damp, great. Hail and damaging winds. Yeah. I told you. It's going to get a little dicey <sighs> tomorrow. Yeah. I, I mean, the globe ain't pleased, boys. It ain't no. pleased. We have forest fires in Alaska in June. That's never happened. Lake Mead right now is like at 30%. Lake Mead. Yeah, it's not that, good. That's, a, that's an important water. Yeah. 30%. There is this flooding in Montana, 50 feet. So the one, there's this image of this house that gets washed away. That house is 50 feet above the Yellowstone River. The water level, the Yellowstone River and that gorge is up fifty feet of water level.
4: I didn't realize that. I saw it go, and I was like, "Okay." I mean, I've s- I mean, seen houses go. Sure, yeah, sucks.
2: No, it's crazy, absolutely crazy. <laughs> and we've got what we've got. When are they gonna reopen
4: Yellowstone?
2: Oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, not anytime soon. There's only two ways in,
3: and from the north, and they're both done. So, so that's where. Uh... My man Simsey is supposed to be going. Where is he flying into? In, he's currently in Montana right now. Why did you not consult me on this? I could have helped him. Because he, of course, he well, wherever he is, he by the way, the gear, doesn't he? wherever it is, he's sn- it's snowing. Wherever he is right now, it is snowing.
2: I mean, that's in play if he's at elevation. I mean, that's absolutely in play if he's in Glacier. I don't know. I'll ask him right now. I mean, I could have helped him. I could have given him places to stay. I could have told him where to play golf. I could have told him what to do with family. I could have helped him with all of that. Restaurants. I mean, this, I got to tell you, Simsy's a lot of disrespect. I was promised a hoodie at one point. No hoodie ever came. Never came. Now he's in my
3: state and doesn't ask for advice.
2: It's outrageous.
3: I just texted him. I said, Where are you in Montana? Bo said he wasn't, sad he wasn't consulted. Disrespected. disrespected. I was going
4: to say, use the proper terminology. Yes. When, disrespected that I wasn't
3: this. consulted by this. This is absurd.
4: Absolutely absurd. I, if, if you're going to someone's backyard.
3: Maybe I, mean, you want I, to ask. I know. It. I know that he's on a trip though that he didn't plan. So like, it's a multi—it's a multi-family trip that was planned by his wife's family. So like, it, he wasn't necessarily. This isn't like his trip that he's authoring. It gets him out you know of, what i A I'm little saying? bit of the damage. Sure. Do you know what I'm yes. saying?
2: He's in right. He's in the OC a little bit, so I get it. But I mean, there's he's in, yes, he's in the OC, so yes. I get it. But I mean, still, I could have given him a couple of get out of jail free cards along the way that would have helped him. Um, without question, he's got to be he's got to be glacier for the snow. It's not snowing in Big Sky, so why would you go somewhere where it's snowing in June? Well, it's not supposed to. To be fair, I mean it snowed yesterday in Mexico City. For perspective, like have you seen that image? The images of Mexico City? Yeah, it was like a foot of snow in Mexico City in the streets.
3: What's going? What is the deal? Wasn't here. The Earth is pissed. It is. It's had enough. I'm gonna try to see if I can. If I, it's been a good
4: run for all of us. Really has been. (laughs) I mean,
3: all right. Proof of Snow. Now they're on to Wyoming. Bye oh, bye he's Montana. Southern Montana. He's... Yeah. So like, he's... Yeah.
2: He so could have been Red Lodge or he could have been
3: Granite Peak, something
4: where, like that. What, what is... Where are they going? Now he's on,
3: all around Yellowstone. They're Here's on to that. Wyoming now. They were in Montana, now they're on to Wyoming. 320 Guest Ranch, is that... That feels like that's is that's is at that Wyoming or is that... I a, got nothing on 320 nothing. Guest Ranch. Don't no, okay. I don't know where that is. Are that's, they like... Is There's, it
4: like city slickers? Are they so doing their own cattle drive or something? This
3: feels like they might still that was maybe where they were in Montana. So it appears to be just south of Bozeman.
2: Yeah. So he's driving down the Gallatin the I mean, that river is at full capacity the Gallatin River. Okay. Yeah. So he did like he did like city slickers is what he did. Yeah. So this yeah, the three twenty yeah, that is that's south of that is in the uh in the Gallatin Valley. That's on the so that's where Sky. it was snowing. Yeah, and it's in play. That's wild. Yeah, You're at yeah. elevation, so yeah, it can happen. What kind of elevation is it there? I would say he's probably, at that spot, he's probably 6,000 feet, 6,500
3: feet. Look, it's not crazy, though. Like if we No, but
2: he's down on the river. I mean, you got to go up to get to the ski hill. Sure. And then you get to 11 or 12. Which is right, but, Aspen.
3: But we have beautiful
2: weather. Or Vail, sure. I mean, I'm saying Vail. Yeah. But it could, I mean, Vail would, could get snow, too, if it got a front in the <laughs> middle
3: of summer. Yeah, it's sure. in play. It snowed, I think, the week or ten days before we went. Yeah, crazy. I'm done with snow, bro. Like forget yeah.
2: it. It no is pretty person. cool when you go to Glacier in the summer and it'll be like 75 degrees out and you can stand on like 12 feet of snow and run around because it doesn't melt.
0: Yeah,
3: that uh, fine. that's fine. That okay. was fun. That's I fine. just I feel bad for Simsay now. Number one, OC slightly. <clears throat> Number two, he left Cleveland.
2: And it's 98 in a, wave, in a heat wave
3: for snow to go into snow in June. Yeah, that's a lot in this
2: country. Yeah. And now that the fact that he's headed, I don't under, I've never heard of a, an OC road trip that, that seems like a step, a bridge too far. Like, okay, go to the guest ranch, dude around on the horses. Yeah. That, all that. Okay, fine. Then get on a plane and come home. Like the fact that it's extending to another state And to be fair. He's not that far from Wyoming. Sure. Um, and He's going to go through West Yellowstone is where he's going to go if he's headed south. So that's, that's right. How that's going to go, um,
3: but that's that feels like a lot. Well, yeah. And when they went hiking, they did some hikes and uh, they had to take bear repellent. Which, sure, you did. Yeah. That sounds pretty intense. Yeah, that's a must. That's a, well. You remember when they played that at Moonlight Basin? The bear was out there. What? How, how do you repel the bear? Was well, it something pepper that, spray? Yeah. So you're like trying to cause it harm to run away?
2: Yeah, for sure.
3: That yeah. feels like dicey. That feels. Like you got to bet. You better make
2: sure you hit. I, was, I think always you're going to be fine. My philosophy on all of that was I just didn't want to ever be the slowest person in the group. Sure. So that was it. Like, I always just make sure there was a small child or a elderly person that I could for sure outrun. That was really all I hoped. As long as I had that, I was fine. Until I work, am bro. that guy. Until I am that guy. And then you better make sure you have some pepper spray on you.
4: Just Yeah. Load up. Pack up. Yeah. Be packing. Yeah. They'll be leave deep. you
2: alone unless they're – the only ones that mess with you is if you surprise them with their cubs – or if it's like an elderly male that can't get food, that has struggled getting food, and then like, they come out. You. Yeah, they come out and then they're like, they're not in the best
3: mood. Those are the two
2: two instances the things you got to worry about a little bit.
3: Um, yeah, my I had one. Have I, I told you my one bear encounter that I had my whole no. life? Okay. So I was in high school. My I think this one of you would be, say my junior year. Our basketball coach was a little bit of a a punk. I liked him but he was a little bit of a But punk. you
2: didn't play the senior year, so no, that's he what I contributed to that, right? hundred percent. Yeah, Yeah.
3: So this is still the year that I am playing. Junior year. So I instead of we would have like conditioning all like off season, yeah, which was brutal and nobody liked it. So I was like, I'm gonna run cross country. Like how could you get mad at me running cross country? smart on your part and i'm not dealing with you now i'm not under your yoke exactly so and it's like you can't say i'm not getting in shape right i'm I'm running running
2: it's literally cross-country i'm running across the country
3: um so i do that we go on like a cross-country retreat to tahoe yeah lovely lovely and I was like the kind of cross-country runner. I was not fast. I wasn't good at it. I wasn't necessarily trying to be good at it. But, like, my ability in the last – once I could visually see the finish line, I was like – I ran like the wind blew.
5: <laughs>
3: That's the hard part about cross-country. It's like go run up this hill, run around these mountains, and then – when's it end? Like, right, three and a half miles later. Right. I think is what the minimum was. Yeah. But, like, once I saw, like, I could see it, <clears throat> Yeah. let's get this thing over with. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes in the, the deep of the the wild, I was prone to doing some walking and just sure. soaking <laughs> it all in. It. Like, like I wasn't there to try to care? like win. No, I was there to not be doing conditioning. So, so we're
2: trying to make the Olympics.
3: Right. Exactly. By the way, we have talked about the Olympics in just a second. Um, So we're in this, we're in Tahoe and I'm getting kind of close to the finish line. I know that. So I'm like starting to pick up my pace a little bit. And I end up running on this. We're on this path. And on both sides of the path, I would say there's—it's like a path that's carved out of like the trees and like there's yeah. brush, but the brush is probably like four, five feet high on either side of the okay. path. And so you're kind of run through these meadows, trees, and brush and whatever. And all of this, I'm running, and I just heard something behind me, like sure you did in the brush, which made me stop. Sure, because I'm like, uh huh. And now you're probably going to check me on my bear. But I think I have it right. I think it was a brown bear. Would that make sense? So it it was it probably would be
2: black or a grizzly, I would think. I don't know if there were brown bears okay. in that part. It could be usually Alaskan brown it bears, have been... are enormous. Like grizzly bears are are really the ones that, that were most dangerous where I grew up. They're pretty aggressive. Okay. They have like a distinct hump on their
3: back. And they okay. have a brownish silver black bear. So it was a black probably bear. Probably a black bear, yeah. Yep, okay, so a black bear. <laughs> Big, like, yeah. big. Apparently, there's a bear known as Hank the Tank that terrorizes Lake Tahoe. 500 pound black bear.
2: Yeah, that seems about right.
3: So, anyway, this black bear comes out of the brush. Yeah, I'm on the path. Nobody else is around.
5: <laughs>
3: okay, I've come to. Are a, you in last place? No, I'm probably near the the end. But like at the same I time, I love that you did this. This is
2: I would have done this. A hundred times out of a hundred. I'd love your philosophy in this cross country thing, just as an aside.
3: But I was actually moving at this point until I come to this complete stop. I, the bear comes out, it now stops and looks at me. Sure. And it's probably like for me to that beam. So not far, like less than 20 feet. Yeah. And it looked at me and I looked at it and I was like freaking out. Yeah. And I was like, if this thing like stands up, I'm supposed to like go like, rah, right. you know, be big, be yeah. big. So it just keeps looking at me. I look at it, and then it must have heard something because it like started to raise up, and then it like stopped and looked around, and then sprinted off into the brush again. And then I ran <laughs> like the dickens. I was like Forrest Gump. I sprinted back, like sprinted. A little bit of
2: adrenaline screaming. shot. Screaming.
3: Yeah. And after that I was like, I have got no no interest in, in, in bears whatsoever. And good, then and great. then that night I do remember that night there was a couple of like cross country teams up there and you know, me, I'm a social person, mingled and met some met some friends to go hang out with and I, I ended up hanging out too long and I remember coming back and Mr. Wilder was a cross country coach who was obviously my dad was the dean of the high school, let's not forget that. So good friends with my dad. And I got like busted trying to like come back in way late. Way late, yeah. And he hit me with this and everybody knows the line, but like when it actually happens to you and I think the person's sincere when they mean it, it really hurt. He's like, I'm not mad at you, but I'm really disappointed in you. And I was just like, Oh, Mr. Wilder, come on. I was just out there trying to live. Like I almost, I almost 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 got eaten by a bear. So now I'm trying to, you know, like trying to live, trying to live a little bit, right? Trying to mingle with the people, you know, inner school relations, like trying to promote foster, you know, some betterment of those things and. Like you, and then he hit me with that. So it was like I almost. The funny thing is, the bear was less scary than him saying that you so disappointed me, and I still remember it to this day. <laughs> it's a hell of a line. Oh God! It was, and he meant it when he like, means it. It breaks you. Yeah, full sincerity, sure. and then yeah. of course, I got a phone call. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You yelled that. That. I'm like, but the oh, bear he... almost AB. Like, yeah, come on, Dad.
2: The brilliance of you on the cross country team to avoid the off season basketball conditioning, though, is so next level. Oh
3: yeah, because you want to know what the conditioning was. So he told—I remember—we were like they were getting started in the program, and he told uh, told the team if anybody can cut me like two by fours and wrap them in carpet, cut them into like pieces, like foot you know oh, foot long pieces and wrap them in carpet. You know, we won't have suicides for the next uh, the next like two weeks or something. So Vince's my buddy Soon's dad was like a carpenter and a, uh, like a handyman and a construction guy. And so he built these immediately. So we had all of them, green carpet, that was our colors. And guess what? How many do you think he wanted? One for everybody on the team. Duh, should have been a warning. Light bulb should have gone off. This is a trick. This is a trap. Oh, no. He's going to have you push those on the gym floor? That's right. So instead, he said, we don't have suicides anymore. Ha-ha. Now we have what he called, I think called them like floor cleaners. And so you had to do suicides pushing the two-by-four that was wrapped in carpet to the free throw back, half-court back. That's other free so th- stupid. Like over and over and over. By the way, horrible for your back. Terrible. Okay. And so that's what I was like, you know what? I'm running cross-country. Good for you. I've never understood
2: why basketball coaches just don't use basketball for conditioning. Just make them play. If you have 10, make them play full court for 15 that. minutes up and down and make everything a fast break. Do that drill three on two on one where they have to run the all whole day. time. That's all you do. You don't. Ha- the idea that if you don't run a line or push some stupid two by four, there's it's a insane. thousand ways to condition, man. That's right.
3: That's right. By the way, it's most effective when they don't know they're doing it. Sophomore year, he was our JV coach. We all loved him. And all we did was scrimmage. And we were really good. Yeah. And we were all in really good shape because he played pro in Europe. And so he would play and take like the bottom four guys and then play like the starters. And yeah. they'd rotate in and it would end up being pretty good games. But we were all in great shape. Yep. And then we he, all of a sudden we go to varsity. And it's like, no, now we have to push. Now we have to do nonstop. carpet Now we now around. Bob Knight. Yeah. Settle down. Had no time. For oh, that sucks. Him. I'd razz him a little bit in my announcing, too. Good for you. Yeah. I like
2: that you stick it to him. Sometimes bit. I
3: would, his, his last name was Whitworth, and sometimes I'd, I'd accidentally, mispronu- accidentally mispronounce it as Twitworth. <laughs> I love that. Especially if you got a T. It'd be a Technical foul on Coach Twitworth. Hate e- to see it. E- don't like that. You don't like that. <laughs> I would have been great calling this guy's games, though. I have a feeling. Yeah, Givey's games
2: would have oh, been legendary. God. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
4: Oh, I, again, not much of a scorer no, defensively no, no. And blocking shots. I can't imagine many rebounds got
2: passed yet. No. No, and if that. I just got
4: frustrated, it became dirty. Least
2: surprising statement of the day right there. That that's how that went. Um, so as we mentioned, the Browns were down at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. Very short, ultra hot, short walk through, 30 minutes. Didn't have the helmets on. Uh, apparently the team watched a football life Jim Brown, on the way down to Canton. Yeah. And then after practice, a lunch at the Hall of Fame. They're meeting Bob Glauber and also Keyshawn Johnson. I didn't know Keyshawn was involved in this book. Uh, the book is about the Forgotten joining Four. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I didn't realize he was involved in the book, though, either. Uh, the book is about the forgotten four. The first the the members, uh, Marion Motley, Bill Willis's families in attendance as well. I, you guys didn't go down there. I was down there for lacrosse. I think I said this maybe Z when you were out. What McKinley did in in honor of Marion Motley is awesome at their the high school facility. What do they the do? McKinley do? Bulldogs. Well they have an, an athletic center down there and it's uh, all there's all the windows and it's basically a museum to Marion Motley, who I think sometimes people forget. What that dude was all about? Totally. Um, but, I will
3: plead my ignorance before when I first you know came sure. in the organization, and then you read up on, and you're wow, whoa. Yeah. yeah, right, <laughs> whoa. So um,
2: that was really cool. And Bill Willis starred Ohio State and here, so he that's that's awesome that those families were there. Uh, they took had tours of the Hall of Fame before heading back here uh, a little bit later. I think I think the Hall of Fame's got to be a humbling thing if you're one of those. I mean, it's awesome period yeah but for one of those guys it's got to be humbling to walk the halls and, and see the history of all of that and um i love the fact that that these guys are learning the names Marion motley bill willis if they didn't know him it's important that they do uh from a practice yes. update anthony Schwartz did not make the trip to canton he is sick according to coach uh, jack conklin greedy williams jacquem garrett uh
3: stephen weatherly all working out on the side with trainers today yeah And Jakeem Grant did it yesterday, and Greedy did yesterday as well. Weatherly participated yesterday, and then Conklin, as we know, is still continuing uh, to try to get back after that gruesome torn patella that he suffered against the Ravens.
2: Yeah, Um, I had a – it's very interesting – I was thinking you, your uh your story about leaning into the cross country and all of this. So right now Bootsy is it's he's been a week out of school and he's not being as active as the brothers. The brothers are quick to go play basketball sure. or go to be outside and so I've talked to them and I've said, Look, like come on, dude, like get out there. And then I've talked to them and I said, Look, encourage take him out there. to take him out there. So they yeah. tried. So this morning, Beamsy was like, Look, we're going, we're gonna go we're going outside, we're gonna go play some hoops. And Bootsy, like I, I, looked out there out the window, and he's basically just standing there. So they come back in, and Bootsy, Beamsy's just sweating, right? Because he got yeah. a good work in, and and Bootsy hadn't. So I'm, I'm using this pure pressure angle on him. So I'm like, well, I'm, I bet little Joey's working out. He's probably getting better today. Yeah, he's you're not, not. He's not sitting here trying to play on some screen. I bet he's outside. I bet he's getting a little work in, working on his ball handling. You're gonna be an athlete. What are you gonna be? This type of stuff. So he's in the like, beginning, what he was I'm like, gonna be as the king. We're getting there. So then he goes. <laughs> At the beginning, he was like, I don't like you are joking about. What are you going to joke about that, dad? He doesn't even know how to shoot the basketball right. Like that type of stuff. Because I don't know. I don't even know. They're five. Like, who knows? So then today I said, I said to him, I said, I go, I go, your brothers, your brothers are out. there. Why aren't you doing this? And I said, what do you think? You're going to be a gamer. And he goes, yeah, dad, that's what I want to be a gamer.
4: And I went, I've lost.
2: Yeah, it's very business. lucrative business. I, you I believe crush a couple it. weeks
4: earlier it was YouTube sensation. Yeah, YouTube Dallas sensation. Like he's trying YouTube to get into all those of that can world. can be the same. They can be one in the he same. He could be one in the same. You told same. me about
2: these this ninja person and oh, all these yeah. people that make all this money doing Tons. it. Tons. Cipher yeah. PK. Yeah. And I I just a. I just I'm not I'm just not in I can't wrap my head around it. And I but that was he's ready with the comeback he's, today.
3: He's he Bootsy is going to ultimately be a man of leisure. So, and I think he knows that that right right now. So he's like, yeah, I like the competing and I'm going to do that when I want to do it, but I'll do it when I want to do it, period. And it's funny. You mentioned five-year-olds when I said, I was going to circle back to the Olympics to talk about this. And I don't know what, if it was like this in Montana at all. Yeah. But so the kid had his buddy, the bully bullion who came by, who lives up there in, uh, in the vale area yeah his daughter is five okay okay just won her first alpine competition okay and is like he he thinks you know they're telling me she's got like olympic potential like that's how good she is as a five-year-old okay. skier which is hard wow. for me to get my head around but she just won her first like big competition um and like he's serious about it. i think he's they're spending like five figures in training every year on her yeah He said there was a big storm and they just went and like he has a sprinter van and they just like followed this to get fresh powder. And him and his five year old were out there like just free ski. And I'm like, wait, what I don't even understand what's going on here. But that's got to be an insane life. Should we burn out by 12? Yeah,
4: it's a it's a lot.
3: And apparently there are a lot of really good kids there. Like, well, sure. I mean, mean, that would be
2: where it's a move to do. Yeah, Yeah, you move there to do it would be it. Um I would say, and I'm sure your nephews could attest to this. I mean, the amount of people I know who spend five thousand dollars a year training their kids in various activities is a long list. Yes, it's like this is this is what people do. It's insane, but it's what they do. Um, I, it's hard for me to imagine. Like it, I, I had a, a conversation with a, a basketball coach of some note about this, and we were talking about hoops, and he said, "Look, nobody can tell anything till they go through puberty." That's right. So you don't know how fast they're going to be. You don't know how strong they're going to be. You don't know what, how tall, what the weight you have none of that. So like, yeah, there's certain skills that you can build when they're young. You know, there's certain skills that you can build up. Sure. Um, And there's a residual value of that. But at the same time, like until they go through puberty, it doesn't really mean anything, you know? So the idea of like a five-year-old winning a downhill event versus other five-year-olds, what, who knows, what if she? What if? What if the little girl is turns out to be six five and she can't navigate skis? What if she's five right. one and she and she doesn't? She can't generate enough speed. Like there are certain things that are just out of her control. So she can have all the technical skills she wants, but the notion that you could identify that's the stuff that people tell you. Though that's the grossness of youth sports is people tell you, and we're using this as the example, but sure. this happened. I've seen this absolutely firsthand in soccer, in basketball. Uh, less so in football, but certainly those two sports I see it a lot. Uh, see it in baseball all the time. People t- tend to say, "Oh, your kid's special," but I can make him more special. No, you, no, you, you can't. Not right now. Not at age seven.
3: Like it's funny because when we were kids, I played every sport. I'm Same. sure you played every sport. Yeah. He played every sport. I, I didn't know anybody who was like getting special coaching. No. And, and Quite frankly, there are a lot of pros that came out of the leagues that I played in. And did just fine, and yeah. like I said, people weren't specialized like that. Like he was saying, his daughter was skiing. I think he said he and his daughter skied 150 days last year, which there's only and the other guy who was with him was like there's only 180 ski days like in Colorado. Period. Period. So you're he was out there every day, basically. I mean, that's in.
2: Yeah, it's a lot.
4: Putting a lot on a five year old. And maybe it's She's good. She wants to do it. I mean, she, they all want to do it. At that, Every cat wants to do course, it at that yeah, point sure. they, because they Fun. know what they want.
3: Cause they're kids. Right.
2: Just like my kids with basketball. They're like, do you want to play another league? Yeah. I want to, can't wait to play another league. Do I just want, want to do see do this, do this kid it? ski. Cause like, like what does, does that mean? I'm terrible yeah. on skis. Right. I am right.
4: like,
3: it. what is, I
4: can't, what is the most popular thing right now at the BAC, the Bishop athletic complex. Hoops. Oh, the hoops.
2: I mean, the games are the fast sport and court furious. Yeah, we're, nice. we're rolling. We had uh, a very furious uh, game of full court 21 last night. Uh, me versus the, the – it was, you know, how 21 is. We just do it full court. Yeah. So, we had a very furious game of that. I ha- I can only shoot threes. I can't drive on them. So, I can only shoot sure. threes. That's the way to even it out. Um, so, that's something that happens
4: all are the time. Are you getting into mid-season form?
2: No. <laughs> the three – the jumper's wet. I mean, it's just the thing – it's they're dropping like crazy. Yes, la- yesterday I hit, hit like my first five and and beams. He goes, well, Dad, Dad, you're making all your threes. And I said, well, where do you think you got it from?
3: Yeah, I mean, how do you think you? Where do you I think it's came to be fun from? for you though to shooting the ball and getting back into the rhythm. Like I, it's the most I, fun. I couldn't even tell you the last time I shot a basketball. To like dribble down at a decent
2: pace yeah. and, and hit a pull up jumper is pure joy. Get a good yeah. sweat. It's going. as much fun as you'd want count. it to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. Yeah. I mean, I'm taking full advantage, and i I. It's fun for them, but I love it too. It's Can, wonderful.
3: Can Beamsy beat Black Cobra? Yeah.
2: No, not at a f- no. Huh? No, no,
3: not even once. Okay. No, no. It's a big. I, I mean, a couple years is a yeah. Big it's deal. two years. It's so a huge deal yeah, at that age. Yeah,
2: like if if they're fully engaged, I don't think so. I think, you know, you must messing around maybe. but like like okay, let's go. Probably not. Could no. you beat him just in like shooting, like a straight shooting? Oh no, def- no, no, definitely not. No, okay. no, because the other thing that happens is on a ten foot rim. The 10-year-old can shoot threes and make them, and the 8-year-old can't. Yeah. So, like, his range is 15 feet and in. Sure. So he can't – you know, when you only have to guard 15 feet and out, when you have to guard to 22 or 20 feet, Yeah. it's tough. Would we go twos, I lower the other hoop for, for Bootsy. It's Bootsy and I versus those two. I lower one of them to eight, and then we go full, and they can only get one steal on one block on Bootsy yeah. over the course of a game. Do you ever dunk on them? Of course I do. Yeah. You kidding? Little breakaway? Yeah, you got to do that. Uh, All right, Coach Stefanski talked after practice uh, today down at the Hall of Fame. Uh, We will have that for you. Looks like we have. Do we have? Is did David Bell talk today? as too? Yep. You see that? Yeah, we got some exclusive
4: audio from down at the uh, Hall of Fame.
2: That'll be very good. And we'll also have a one-on-one with Joe Woods on the program today as well. Lots of fun on the program, as you could probably guess. You will listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland.
1: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: Your business is shopping for an enterprise operating systems partner. You don't know where to begin. Well, I do, my friends at EOX Vantage. They're data scientists, also business ops experts. Your EOX Vantage team not only builds and installs your system, they act as your ongoing tech support. So you're hiring a continuous improvement and support system. EOX Vantage is not tied to any single brand of hardware or software. So you're getting a truly customized, purpose-built solution, along with a partner that answers only to you. And EOX Vantage does not outsource all the operational expertise, proprietary solutions, and tech support come from one unified partner. CEO companies have profited from hiring one fully objective operating systems partner at EOXVantage.com. Here's Coach Stefanski from down at the Hall of Fame. Let's have a listen.
6: Okay, good to see everybody. Uh, first of all, thank you to the Pro Football Hall of Fame for being gracious host to us down here. Uh, again, like we've talked about, such an amazing venue. With, uh, the history of football in our backyard so we're very appreciative of them having us down here uh, on our ride down each bus got to watch a football life jim brown which i've seen before but just felt it was important that the entire team uh, saw that and then we'll head in here for lunch we're going to have a presentation by Keyshawn johnson and bob glauber on their book uh, the forgotten first and we're very uh, happy that we have members of bill willis and Marion motley's family here uh, as well so uh, really trying to take advantage of every one of these practices really every one of these minutes just to remind ourselves me uh, as well our players just the, everything that's come before us with uh, just the NFL but our story franchise so trying to connect uh, that and then got some good work in here like we talked it was gonna be brief I thought it was good work it's, it's warm out here and then we'll finish up tomorrow down at the stadium uh, with that I'll take any questions
7: Kevin, what do you think it's important for these guys to
6: know their roots I think it's important, honestly, Tom, for all of us in, in any walk of life to, to know the people that, that walk that path before you. you know, my job as, as a head coach of the Cleveland Browns is finite. I won't have this role forever, and uh, I know people have come before me. I know there are people that come after me, and just trying to uh, learn uh, about the past and, and respect the past, I just think is so important.
7: So some, is there anything particular or any nuance of the past that stands out just to you more than any about the Browns?
6: Well... I would say a lot does, and we've been spending some time as a team learning uh, about that and what it means to be a Cleveland Brown, and, and really the ethos of, of that. Uh, we've been digging into that, but uh, I just think it's such an important franchise talking about 1946 and 1970, excuse me, 1964, and having Lou Groza spanning both teams, and, and just kind of trying to go to school a little bit with our team and understanding who or who those statues are outside our, our stadium, because. Uh, uh, it's, it's pretty important stuff.
4: I've
6: played, I've coached in it before uh, with the Vikings. We came down here, I think in 2014 or so. I thought it was an awesome experience just being here. Uh, short, a couple years ago, a uh, family and I went on a road trip and we stopped through Canton and had an awesome time in, in the museum. And again, we're, we're a family of, of football fans and just getting close to the game was, was so cool. So it's a unique unique opportunity to get down here uh, in this setting, but certainly when you are fortunate enough to play in that game, I, I think you can really take advantage of your visit as well. Preparing your team for the season, with that additional game an edge? Potentially, you know, I, I think there's so much you can do now, Tony, with joint practices. Uh, so I don't, I don't think there's a shortage of opportunities to get your team ready. I got two questions about come mm-hmm. down here. Do you think the young guys appreciate stuff like the football
8: life and the presentation that they're going
6: to get? I mean, you hope so. Uh, you know, I think it's very easy for all of us to get lost in our phone and, and stare at that thing all day. So just ask them to put it away for 45 minutes on the ride down here, and then we'll get a great presentation again from Keyshawn uh, and Bob Glauber, uh, just really trying to uh, further our understanding of what's come and, before and us. And for you personally, coming down here, does it kind of, remind you that you have the same job that Paul Brown went Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to think like that. It's hard to, to let your mind go there because uh, you have a job to do. You kind of would uh, slow down if you thought about the, the uh, you know, somebody like that that's come before you. But certainly I'm very respectful of uh, of the uh, the people that have been before me.
0: Kevin, uh, Miles Garrett said the other day at an event that, did not want to tour the Hall of Fame until he's actually in the Hall of Fame. So just wondering what the approach is with Miles today.
6: Yeah, those type of things, Mary Kay, I'll keep internal. Uh, but I, I understand uh, his feelings on that.
0: So you want Jeremy. to tell us if he's going in?
6: I will Do
7: you think Jeremiah is ready to take a big jump this year after what some
5: glimpses he showed as a rookie? I,
6: I do. I think he's had a, a good offseason. Uh, he, he's working very hard, as he does. Uh, but. Like any sophomore, there's gonna there's hopefully a step, but that just comes from, from a greater understanding of what we're doing schematically, a greater use of technique, uh, those type of things. So he's working hard.
7: Tomorrow's practice at the stadium, I'm guessing that's going to be uh, a full workload. Usually that final minicamp practice is the let's get our work and get out of town, but Because today's the the shorter day, you're going to do a little more tomorrow than maybe you normally would.
6: Yeah, I think we'll have a good uh, plan for tomorrow. Uh, Like you said, it is getaway day, so I'm mindful of that. Uh, But I think we do have some work that we'd like to get done. We do have some meetings that we we need to get done. So uh, I think we'll get a good workload tomorrow. Does does that replace
7: your usual, uh, because there's just so much going on at the stadium this summer with concerts and events and stuff, is that going to replace your normal uh, training camp stadium? It
6: potentially will, yes.
0: Anthony
6: Schwartz, I did not see him out there today. Is sick. Is, sick. Mm-hmm. is there something specific you want to work on tomorrow, at Kevin, since it is the last day of minicamp? Uh, I think it's just continuing what we're doing, Jeff. Uh, I think, it, as you guys have seen, we've been working a ton of situational balls. So we've been in the red zone every day. We've worked third down and fourth down every single day. Uh, so it's really just a continuation of that.
9: I know it's early um, and there, it's a fun day and you got shorts and helmets, but what... Um, what are you able to take notes on with some of these players this early? they there some of these young guys and, and newer guys looking to earn a spot on this roster? It's a
6: good question, Cam. Um, I would tell you we have a lot of young guys that we're excited about. Uh, there's so much that goes into this. There's so much from a meeting standpoint. There's so much from the workouts and being out here in practice. So we throw a lot at them. Uh, it's hard for me to single one guy out, uh, but we're real excited about the young guys. And, and I would tell you just from... It's as much to do with what they can bring on the field with off the field. I think they are uh, guys that that understand what we want to get accomplished, how we want to work.
2: All right, there's Coach down in Canton today at the end of practice on what seems like a pretty fun day uh, down in Stark County. Coming up next, we will go around the league. You have that to look forward to, which is nice. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: The Bath Authority can give you the bathroom of your dreams. You can transform your current bathroom into a custom bath for a spa-like experience. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler. If you need a tub to shower, conversion, they can help you with that. They are factory-trained experts they will install it for you. They'll do it for you in about a day. For $500 bucks off right now, your next custom bath or shower, give them a call at 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. Again, it's where affordability meets quality Superior Products Expert Installers at the Bath Authority. Again, 500 bucks right now off your next custom bath or shower model at the number 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. As we go around the league, CBS Sports' Josina Anderson was here in the facility yes. yesterday uh, among the media that was here and uh, had some chance to talk in the wide receiver room, specifically to Amari Cooper. Here is part of that conversation from CBS Sports' Josina Anderson and Amari Cooper.
0: He is the next biggest star on the team and someone that is having to deal with the challenge, obviously, of developing a new rapport with Deshaun Watson and also with Jacoby Brissett, but being the four-time pro bowler that he is, he underlined the fact that it really hasn't been that hard, uh, just kind of adjusting to the different tempos and the way that the balls uh, come to him. Uh, he's uh, remarked at the fact that Deshaun Watson and he have developed a really uh, nice rapport on the field. He underlined how both of them are perfectionists and how he strives to catch 50 of 50 balls from Jacoby as he does Deshaun Watson, but that he feels like uh, no matter what the situation is moving forward, uh, that he will be okay. And 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 lastly, I'll just quickly uh, mention that last year, obviously, he was with the Cowboys and coming over uh, to the Browns. Although he is not the elder statesman uh, wide receiver on this team, Jakeem Grant is at 29 that he is taking on the role of bringing some of the younger guys, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, under his wings. The question, though, remains, Chris, does this team need a number two wide receiver above the skill set of a Donovan Peoples-Jones. And you mentioned the Carolina Panthers. If something happens in the future, could somebody like a Robbie Anderson be a part of that trade? Just something I'm throwing out there.
3: That's interesting on her end. It is interesting on her end. And and Robbie Anderson is a guy that has been a very good vertical threat in the league uh, for the last couple of years. He fits in some ways what the team would want from that standpoint. Uh, He has been healthy you know the last couple of years he's played full seasons his he had 1096 yards in 2020 Uh, the year before that with the Jets he 779 15 yards a catch in his Jets career he averaged 15 yards a catch in his Panthers career only 11 yards a catch but somebody that would bring you know an ability to stretch the field take the top off the defense has at least one reception of more than 50 yards every year that he's been in the league Um, so yeah that's an it's an interesting name but again I don't necessarily know if that would be the way that the Browns would would go about this. I think that, you know, that a move for a vertical guy would come later, but if that is a way that they make this deal with Carolina work as we continue to hear about that with, you know, Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers, then maybe, maybe. Who knows? Well, he's also the one that was was not a big fan of
2: them pursuing Baker to begin with. So there's no. that, that part of it as well. So there's a there's a couple of layers uh, to that one. With the, I wonder
3: uh, what that's about. I mean, I don't they know. would not have ever really crossed paths. I mean, certainly not from a playing standpoint. Imagine. They never cross paths. Like,
2: they don't go back anywhere. Where did Robbie Anderson play college football? Temple.
3: And he was oh, an there's, under there's after no, regent, no free agent in
2: 2016. Yeah, yeah. there's no tie. They wouldn't have been in college football at the, no. at the same time. Hardly would have crossed past likely didn't um all right here's some news from the broadcast booth richard sherman officially joined amazon's thursday night football production sherman joins hall of fame tight end tony gonzalez as two formally announced analysts for the thursday night pregame show halftime and postgame broadcast jay uh ryan fitzpatrick reportedly will be added as well fox's carissa thompson reportedly will host i am shocked that uh kay adams did not get this gig so what's she gonna do i don't know i thought that's why she left good morning football was for this gig I think a lot of people did.
3: It's an it's all it's kind of an interesting group, right? Gonzalez, Sherman, Fitzpatrick. Gonzalez has done stuff. Yeah, well, he was on C,
2: when he left. He went right into CBS. Yeah. Uh, you know their 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 pregame show, pre-game the main show, right. CBS pregame NFL show, Today. Yeah, NFL Today. Yeah.
4: Maybe she goes to the entertainment side. She's been doing stuff with Entertainment Tonight. She's been well, that's the money people. right there. Yeah. You
2: work that. That the money is totally different on that. Side. Yeah, like those. I mean, she's you'd be doing shocked those at like what those gigs. the Entertainment Tonight extra, like those sure. people. I don't know if they still do, but back in the day, like Raking people were like, Billy Bush. "Why is Kevin Frazier leaving ESPN to go work on Access Hollywood or whatever he did?" Like, go check the pay stub. Yeah. he went from living in Bristol, anchoring SportsCenter, to
3: living in LA, making
2: probably seven or eight times the amount. Crazy
3: money. Yeah, it is. I feel like that, and Marshawn Lynch. They said it was going to involve Fitzpatrick. Like that, that's going to be a fun Thursday night. You know, we are. That's
2: a lot of names. You're right. They have Marshawn Lynch too. They don't yeah. want to, don't overcrowd it. Don't
3: overcrowd it. You know, and. and I loved our original Thursday night show, obviously with Colleen Wolfe and with the Hoff and yeah. Steve Smith and, and Irv, and so we don't have that anymore. This will be an interesting one to kind of follow, very much a similar style uh, of it. I got to tell you, Jason Garrett is a very nice guy. I think he's very articulate, but that it just feels like that Sunday night show is just kind of out of touch with what people want. Like Tony right,
2: Dunie, so I'm ahead of me here now. Sorry, so what's he getting?
3: He's going to be. He's it's going replacing
4: to be, Drew Brees.
3: It's going to be him and uh, Tony Dungy in studio, yeah. on Football Night in America with Maria Taylor. See, in my so mind, what is
2: the what is the? I don't understand that. Why wouldn't they just have Chris Sims do that? Sims is there too. He's going to be on the yeah, side keep thing reading.
4: again. I've got the the whole line: right, Garrett, the
2: former NFL quarterback. All right, uh, and Chris Sims. Oh God, co-host Jack Collinsworth, an analyst, for, well, going to be anger from the game site. Oh no, poor Rodney. There it is.
3: Still, there he's there doing it. it. But uh, so, in my mind, and I'm going to admit my bias, but the beginning or, or my favorite <clears throat> football night in America iteration was DP. simply DP hosting yeah. with Dungy and Rodney Harrison. Because you, it was those three, right, for us? Yeah, correct. And you had... Dungy is an incredible guy. An incredibly nice man. I had the great fortune to be able to break bread with him and DP in New York on a couple of occasions. But DP's sense of levity and comedic timing and <coughs> his just persona elevated that. And Rodney Harrison had some swag to him and certainly was a very good analyst. And, and you know they could talk about the Colts Patriots stuff, and you had that. Now you've got... Dungey, Jason Garrett feels similar to Dungey without the gravitas. Yeah, Miller, very. And then, and then Chris Sims. I like Chris Sims, but he's more in kind of like there's a a lot. He's a good friend to us at the combine and everything. But there isn't anybody really to elevate that and keep it fun and keep it like feeling. I think you current. Well, well, and also what
2: you just hit on is what the there's a reason whether it's Dan Patrick or Ernie Johnson on TNT you got to have a Stockton there, man. Yep. you got to have someone who can navigate and keep it fun. I think, you know, everyone, if you think about the two best studio shows of the last 30 years, I think most people would say they are inside the NBA and College Game Day. That those are the two. Now, College Game Day is a lot about the atmosphere, but, but a lot of it is the pageantry and the way that they do the show and Kirk being a sure. big part of that. And Kirk's going to call the games on, on Amazon. Those are, those are the two gold standards. Those are the shows that win all the Emmys. Those are the shows that I think most people say are the most entertaining and are the best – they're probably the best representation of what those sports want to be at their highest level are those two. Think about a couple of things. One, both of those shows have had, especially in their early years, had very limited casts. I mean, in the beginning, it was just Ernie, Kenny, and Chuck. Shaq came later, but in the beginning, it was just Ernie, Kenny, yep. Chuck. Like, you don't need 70 people. No. Less is more. Yes. Same thing at the original College Game Day. It's Herb Street, Corso, Fowler.
3: That's it. You don't need a hundred people. Even now, Game Day only has four, and inside the NBA only has four. And even in those shows that you just named, even when you go back to the original threes, right? Yeah. You had a great point guard in Ernie Johnson, Chris Fowler. You had Somebody who could provide analysis, but also wasn't afraid to make fun of themselves and provided humor yeah, and lightness. So Barkley and Corso, mm-hmm. and even Kenny the Jet Smith would do that, and their oh, yeah. interactions would produce that. And then you had guys who could also give good analysis. So Herb Street could do that, Corso could as well. But then on the on the NBA, both of those guys could. Yeah. It feels to me like on the Sunday night game, that, and that's what people. I, I don't see where you're getting anything other than.
2: I don't know what you're getting
3: analysis. Well, and it's, I just don't see how it's going to be delivered in a fun way. Like football night in America with DP on there. It was fun. It was a fun show. Well, it was, and it was him doing highlights, which is what we want. Of course. Like it's on as I'm either getting
2: wrapping up dinner or getting the kids to bed. It's on in the background on the chance that I haven't seen the entire league and you guys are coming from your game. Like this is probably you're you're done with our one o'clock game. It's on. Here's yep. what happened in the league. Cause you're doing Browns games. You didn't see it all. So, like this was there's still a big market of people who want to see a minute and a half highlights. Remember a couple of years ago I started watching NFL primetime yeah, with yeah, Berman and Booger. I'd watch it Monday morning. It's like two and a half minutes per game highlights. It was just fun to watch the whole league in forty five minutes. I feel like I knew it better. Yes. Um By I enjoyed way, it a great deal. Like there's a market for that.
4: This is only an hour and change show. Yeah. You've got fifteen people on an hour show. Yeah. Like, and what, two what of them mean? who
3: are one of them is miserable on his oh. current assignment. Like, I almost think they need to bring Rodney back in there. I'd act. I think like, honestly, if you did Rodney and Sims together, I'd well, even put, put Sims Jack with job, Jack. So I'd I put Sims, put put with, Sims Jack, with him. Yeah. Cause they have similar, it's a similar vibe, right? They can both, <laughs> yeah. they can have some smugness to them, but also, you know, but yeah. Sims can, I think they would probably enjoy each other more than clearly. Rodney doesn't enjoy that.
2: No, no, no.
3: Yeah. Chris
2: is really good. She was great on best. Damn. Um, but this this is a lo- that's going to be a lot, too, because depending on what Marshawn's role is going to be, Sherman Fitzpatrick and Gonzalez is pretty much like Tony. From my experience, my experience watching him was is very much a straightforward very like there's not but personality it, like it's pretty much just straight. Yeah, didn't, right. Didn't and a handsome guy. Big smile. CBS.
4: CBS wanted a bigger personality. Yeah. they Yeah.
3: Yeah. Pushed him. But I think Was NBC likes that. I feel like they like, well, this is, we're refined, we're stayed, you know? Yeah, But I don't know. It just I'm feel, with you. I th- don't like it. No. Same.
2: Yeah. I, 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 I'm not with, I i don't understand Like, this. if they had
3: said instead of Garrett, if they had done, even though I know he's still working, but let's say he left and decided, like Bruce Arians, okay. Yeah. That would be interesting. Well, didn't they
2: hire Sean Payton?
3: Wouldn't he be better than Garrett? I'm sure they don't want to commit to him. What's Sean Payton doing, though?
2: He's on something. I think he's at NBC. I don't think so. Didn't he get a gig at Fox or NBC? He's something. He's somewhere. No, no, he's at Fox. Fox. He's sitting in when Jimmy Johnson is out. Yes, yes.
4: that's right. He's filling in because Jimmy Johnson gets off days. in Yeah. Season. Yeah.
2: Strange. Very, very strange. All right, coming up, final hour on a first Friday. David Bell from the Hall of Fame. Z, one-on-one with Joe Woods. You have that to look forward to, oh, which is baby. very, very nice. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: Certainly a lot of bad advice out there about gambling from secret methods to picking lottery numbers to betting big when you're on a roll. The myths can lose you money and get you in a lot of trouble. So before you wager, find out what's real and what isn't at keepitfunohio.com. As we mentioned, the Browns. Down at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, otherwise known as Fawcett Stadium, as far as I'm concerned, down in Canton. Um, It's hard for me to call it anything other than that, although appreciative of what the Benson family did because the renovations down there are absolutely stunning. Uh, The team was down there for a walkthrough, a tour of the Hall of Fame, uh, a little bit of a lunch down there, kind of a team bonding field trip. And it's a great place to do so. Uh, While down there, rookie receiver David Bell
9: met with the media. Let's have a listen to that that uh, video you guys watched watch right now about Jim Brown? I've watched that before, so being able to see it again is definitely cool. Uh, I grew up with a with my grandfather, so he used to watch all the old NFL films, and Jim Brown was definitely one of his favorite players. Is there
8: something that you learned about
9: the Browns already that you didn't know on, on the way here? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely a lot of things. Uh, when we was watching the Jim Brown video, I didn't know that he scored uh, 43 points by himself. So that was pretty impressive. That's something I didn't know before I got here. So being able to understand that and see, you know, where this organization came from and where we want to be in the future is definitely something eye opening and something that we're striving to do each and every day. Is there something that
4: if you walk around the hall you're looking forward to?
9: Yeah, really, I'm looking, at, looking forward to check out everything. Like I said, I haven't been here at all, so I know it's going to be a cool experience to be able to see uh, some of the cool artifacts that are in there and just to grasp a moment because uh, I'm pretty sure not too many people get this opportunity you know, to come down here.
7: What's it mean to you know, Kevin Stefanski taking a, a day out of minicamp to bring you guys down here to, to give you an education in the, the history of not only the game, but the franchise that you're playing for?
9: It means a lot, you know. Obviously you can just tell that he's uh, well he wants us to be, you know, knowledgeable about our organization and the team that we're playing for, so that definitely means a lot and a lot of the players love that too. You know, he's taking care of us, so you know, when the season comes we can be ready to go. But just to be out here, you know, with the team again, like I said, and be able to go visit uh, you know, the old artifacts and stuff like that is definitely a, a good experience so far. Dave,
3: does it make you more proud to be part of this
7: organization knowing the history? Didn't know heading into the draft and then being drafted, but just in a short time knowing what you now know, is it you more
9: proud? Yeah, most definitely. You know, you always got to be proud. Uh, understanding the history is always the most important thing because if you understand the history, then you can you know strive for the future. And that's what we're trying to do right now. You know, we always respect the people who play before us and give those people, you know, those flowers and those roses. And, you know, we definitely want to play for them and continue to win for them on Sundays.
7: What is your biggest takeaway from uh, these OTAs and? The offseason program with just one practice left
9: i think uh, for me personally just being able to understand how an nfl team you know <clears throat> operates and how the daily schedule is you know from college it's obviously a different atmosphere and different experience so being able, being able to be around some of the vets and they take me under their wing and teaching me the do's and don'ts of the league so far you know i'm i'm a very person who likes to you know know if i'm doing something wrong or right and those guys have been helping me help me throughout this process and also understanding the playbook, you know, that's something different from uh, from college also. Uh, so just being able to grasp that and just be around my teammates.
6: What have your experiences in that regard, been like with Deshaun? I mean, you're working a lot with him and he's throwing a lot to you. So what have your experiences been like?
9: It's been good. You know, he's actually my locker mate. So, you know, we talk frequently, uh, you know, he's he so- coaching me up a lot. Uh, even on the off days, you know, he shoot me a text and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for in this. And I make sure I correct that next practice. So it's definitely a bond that I'm trying to build, but I know it's going to take you know, a lot to just continue to build that trust. I
7: mean, how, how valuable is that for I mean, to have a locker right next to him, basically to see him
9: every single day? Yeah, so it's real valuable and real important, you know, just to build that chemistry with uh, your quarterback. Uh, he's not the only person I build chemistry with, you know, also everyone on the team. But for him to be right there is definitely a uh, you know a good experience for a rookie like myself.
0: David, would you go to the uh, to the next workout that I think Deshaun is planning another one in July for you guys? as a
9: yeah, yeah, most definitely. He talked about it briefly, but I haven't really got the details yet. But yeah, I'll for sure be there. Okay, It's
0: so like in Florida or something.
9: Yeah, I, I think so. I'm, I'm just what I'm guessing is yeah, somewhere nice and warm. You know? <laughs>
0: Did you go to the Bahamas or was?
9: No, we had a, a rookie mini camp, so we was we was out here, you know, getting to know each other, getting to know the coaches and also the facility. But from what I've heard, they said they had a good time in the Bahamas.
0: So will you look forward to that kind of team bonding experience where you're sort of away from campus a little bit and you guys can kind of get to know each other on a
6: social level
9: too? Yeah, most definitely. I think that's one of the most important things to be able to be comfortable with your teammates off the field because if you're comfortable with your teammates off the field, it makes it a lot easier for them to trust you on the field and make sure that you know that you're accountable to make sure you're in that right spot you know when your brother needs you so that's definitely something important do you, do you know even, when that's going to be no i'm not sure yet okay. he hasn't said anything about it next month he could possibly possibly do you think it's going to be a lot of guys like last time you heard no i haven't heard anything he hasn't really went over the details yet but i'm sure he'll reach out to everyone uh after ota is finished or mandatory mini finished. hey you, you played very um, <coughs> useful
7: in college and we're very complimentary of him mm-hmm. what do you see in him now that you're I know I know it's not training camp yet or anything, but what do you see from him now that you're going against him a little bit? He has a year of NFL experience under his belt.
9: I think uh, just his mindset, you know, he always comes out like he's the best player on the field, rightfully so, you know, he had a phenomenal season last year. And also just how smart he is. You know, you can, you can see it like when you watch film, just the, the small details that he picks up on uh, with receivers, whether it's myself or other guys he compete against. And just his knowledge of the game, I, I can see that uh, just to grow from college up until his, his last year and also going into a second year too
7: do you guys have like a friendly back and forth about you know your little matchup that you guys started back in
9: college yeah we had it a few times we had it a few times uh, he talked about it brought it up in the locker room and we just had a little bit of chatter about it
7: how have, uh, how do you think you've developed here early every time we look up we see 18 catching the football so I, how do you think things have been going forward
9: I think they've been going good. I mean, I think, you know, I'm real hard on myself. So I think the first few days, you know, wasn't what I projected it would be. So it was just a matter of getting on my feet and getting an understanding of the plays and stuff like that. But I think each and every day I progress and that's just something I live for. Just make sure you get better day by day and then hopefully you can, you know, reach that full peak potential. David,
8: hey, have you dropped the
9: ball yet? I actually have, yeah. I don't think you guys was out here. I think it was uh at the first, first OTA, first, second OTA, just dropped like, dropped one. So, yeah.
2: It seems like everything you can, everything that comes from where you catch, though. I mean, that, yeah, yeah, that, that's a big part of your game. Yeah,
9: that's definitely, you know, the goal as a receiver. You know, the quarterback trusts you to make those catches. You know, they have a lot going on their plate. And, you know, it's really an easy job for us. we just got to get up and catch the ball, run the right route. So that's something that we all take pride, uh, pride of in the receiver room, being able to catch the ball. And throughout the camp, we have done a pretty good job of that. And, you know, hopefully and it will continue on until camp and also the uh, season also. Are you
2: cognizant of the fact that you like, you think you dropped one ball over the entire – like, dude, actually like, – think
9: about it yeah yeah I'm real big on myself so when when that does happen you know it's uncharacteristic of myself to do that so I I take it to heart and you know I make sure that or I try to make sure that doesn't happen again because every time I drop a ball it's always one minor thing that I didn't do whether it look it in uh my hands are in the right place so usually when I drop a pass I know why I dropped that pass
2: and we now know you sir are a liar David Hill yeah. did drop a ball. He said, what, did it happen today? No, early in camp, one of the first practices. So
3: I, I don't count that as a drop. He's going to count that as a drop. I don't count it as a drop. He tripped. My favorite part of so it was is like you, falling. you remember the I play. know the play exactly. You know the play it was exactly. a crosser. He was he was wide open, and as he, his feet, he kind of like tripped. And so as he went down, he like. That dropped. He dropped it. But uh, is it a drop yet? Yeah, but he also like tripped. It wasn't like he just dropped it just straight up. willy yeah. nilly. He's been great. Fantastic! Yeah,
2: yeah, he really has been. All right, uh, we'll go around the sports world coming up next. Z goes one on one with Joe Woods at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland.
1: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: Rumpke Waste Recycling, family owned and operated with you. Join them as a customer as an employee. You'll be part of the family. Visit rumpke.com to learn more. U.S. Open starts tomorrow. Have you seen some of the images uh, from the country club
3: of the rough and yeah. the speed of the greens and all that. Yeah. It looks like it is going to be brutally tough.
2: So they did, they grew out the natural areas there. I think Pinehurst was the first one to do this. Yeah. Where you and I talked about this, I think last week or maybe earlier. This uh, I talked about it in, in
3: Vale all the places. Oh yeah.
2: They just, they grow it all up and that's the idea. Um, and well, this is fine. This is one of the five. So I was unaware of this until yesterday. I was watching the golf channel last night. It's one of one of the five founding members of the USGA is the country club. OK. How many of the other five? How many of the other four do you think you can get without looking?
3: Uh, my guess would be. It's got to be like all East Coast old school. One Midwest. One Midwest. Yeah. so uh, Chicago. Chicago.
2: Chicago Country Club.
3: Okay. I would not have had would not that have in had a billion that. years. Baltusrol. Okay. I was going to say like Shinnecock Hills. I believe Shinnecock is one. Okay. Yep. Baltusrol makes sense. Yep. And then like. The other one
2: is crazy. And you, I'm, I'm going to have you Google the clubhouse as we're.
3: Like Seminole or something? I don't no. Think.
2: Uh-uh. Rhode Island. Newport Country Club. Google the clubhouse. And then you just explain to the people what you see.
4: It's about 20 minutes from where my sister-in-law lives.
2: Newport, Rhode Island. It's a beautiful area. Yeah, all the wealthy people in New York used to go there. Which, is, when you see this clubhouse, you're gonna go, "That's impossible."
3: It's real. That's pretty. It's like an old like. It's like a French chateau. A state, yeah, it's like huge. a chateau. Yeah, it sure is.
2: Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So those were them. Okay. Yeah. Those are the those are the five founding. Um, but yeah, the place looks like it's going to be absolutely brutal. Um, I think based on what, I, what I've seen this week from the players, like if you're the PGA Tour, like you should probably put John Rahm and Rory McIlroy on salary. Did you hear John Rahm's comments what? yesterday? No. I'm not interested in that. It's 54 holes. There's no cut. It's a shotgun start. That's an exhibition. It's not a golf tournament. Not interested in it. And then he let it slip. He goes, I, we I had a long conversation with my wife. How would $400 million change our life? Like it wouldn't change it that much. I could finish playing golf right now, and we're fine. So he's probably made probably a hundred million on and off the course, would be my guess. But the fact that led me to believe: wait a second, he turned down four hundred million, which I think could be in play. If Rory would have been the first, ask, he
3: could have. Rom would be the second. I mean, he's Spanish. He was world number one. His uh, so here's the hard thing. So this is just a quick look at net worth and then career earnings and whatever. I mean. It says his net worth is sixteen million. I'm looking for his career earnings. Be. It's gotta be more than that. Again, this is a quick Google search. Sure, but... sure. This happened the other day when
4: I was looking up net worth on, on a golfer. That it was way below what it should have been.
3: Yeah. So Roms made thirty three million okay. in his career. So but that's just PGA tour money, like his sponsorship okay.
2: money and stuff's probably another double that. All he was right. probably in the sixties. Your point's well taken. 400 it's million, 400? A completely different ball game. Yeah. 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 It would change his life. But I read, when he said it I I said, well, wait a second, he was offered four hundred million. So my guess is they went Tiger, Tiger said no. Then they went McElroy, Rom were the next two guys they called. Yeah. McElroy and Rom.
4: How awkward is it gonna be tomorrow with some of these guys?
2: I don't, I don't know. listen. I don't know if it will be.
3: There are some of them, and they what are can... the pairings? Like, who are they playing with? Who's Rory playing Hold with? Hold on, I can tell you. The people that are able to say, "I was offered and turned it down," are the only ones in my mind that have any ability to really say anything to the other guys, right? Like, most people would would do it. Most people would say, "You know what? Four hundred million dollars." Fine. I'm doing it. I, I don't, I'm not rooting against anybody who plays on the live tour. I don't care. I get it. They made a business decision for their families that they're they, and maybe they want to do some good with that money that they're taking from, you know, a place that they feel may not be as good, but I I'm certainly not rooting against the guys on the live tour and maybe it is an exhibition and that's all fine and dandy, but you're still able to play those events and the majors so you're still going to contribute, and you yeah. want to play in the biggest four biggest golf tournaments of the year. You can do it. I still think my sponsorship and then like kind of like team idea was a good one. If you get big corporations to say we're going to pay salaries, you know, and they can decide what the salaries are and try to get their their teams together. It's good prestige for them. But I mean, I'm I shocked he turned down four million dollars. That's that's stunning if that's to the me.
2: number. That's a lot to say no to.
3: It is. It's stunning. Yeah. Uh,
4: I, yeah. If you make it, even if you're making a hundred million, 400 million changes the game for generations.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and to say that it's hard to be a sympathetic figure when you make a comment like $400 million wouldn't change my life.
2: I think what he was going for, and maybe it was lost in the translation a little bit. What he was going for is money's not everything. It's what he was going for, that what he values more is legacy. And he would even talked about, like, playing Mirfield, playing Arnold's tournament, like those things are things that he values. Because that's really all the PGA Tour is leaning on. They don't – you can't – no one's acting like – it's not the FedEx. They're, they're peddling nostalgia. That's what they're peddling. And it's potent, but that's very clearly what it is. Um, it's an ability to play Arnold's tournament, Jack's tournament, the players. Like, those are the tournaments of consequence on the PGA Tour.
4: Some of the notable U.S. Open tee times uh, are very early tomorrow morning. <laughs> are they? 7.18 a.m., Ram Morikawa. Okay. Uh, 7.18 they after it. 7.29 wow. a.m., Justin Spieth and Adam Scott. 7.40 a.m., McIlroy, Matsuyama, and Shoffley. What time was the Rory pairing? 7, 7.40. 7.40. Man, it's so early. One twenty five. Kepka and Scheffler. Uh, one forty seven is Mickelson, Louis Oosthuizen, and Shane Lowry. That's probably that, a pretty good one. So they'll have, by the afternoon, they'll have this heat. Yep. uh right around 2 o'clock, right after them, DeChambeau, Woodland, and Justin Rose. So they didn't put any of the live guys, the, the notable live guys, they didn't put them with,
2: like, outspoken PGA guys. Right. Usually the US Open has a pretty good sense of humor. They don't appear that they did here. It doesn't seem like they messed with anybody. Although did you see they were making the UK guys where the the made was making the UK guys where uh use the bag that what the night of Paul Revere's ride. One if by land, two if by sea? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? There's a Rory McElroy is has a Tailor bag that has Paul Revere's ride, the date, one if by land, two if by sea. It's greasy. <laughs> it's coming at him. It's been a long time.
3: So I guess it, I'm looking at it right now. TaylorMade just unveiled its 2022 U.S. Open bag, and it's excellent. For each championship, they've released a commemorative bag for its ambassadors to use. For this year's U.S. Open, they made a fantastic design that represents the Boston era. The country club in Brookline, Massachusetts, hosting the US Open for the first time since 1988. They have fashioned a bag that celebrates series, ties to notable events in American history, drawing inspiration from the Boston Tea Party that helped inspire the Revolutionary War. So I don't think this was like a quick thing. If you're looking at this bag, this was this had to be pretty well thought out. In, no, they the did, but it's not the irony's not lost in me that they're having a sure, UK guy carry it. The bag will be put to use this week by the likes of Rory McElroy. To your point, Dustin Johnson, Colin Moracow, and others. If you get your hands on one, you can at TailorMade.com for a cool Six hundred dollars. It's actually a pretty cool bag. It is, yeah, it is. It, it is a cool bag. It's actually but, really, but cool. yeah. At least he's not like. I mean, maybe just is Justin Rose a Taylor Made guy? Ireland, like for Rory, maybe that's a little different than if it was a straight. If they had their English, straight guys. England. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I don't know who the Taylor Made England guys would be. Would that be know. Rose? I don't know. I don't know what he what he plays. Um, but I I th- I, th- I like the look of this course. I mean, we haven't seen this course in a long time. I mean, I certainly don't remember the 1988 U.S. Open. Who won it? No, no clue. Let's look it up. This is going to be uh, blasphemous to many. This is my least favorite major. Is is the U.S. Open? Uh,
3: I don't know if I hate it. Curtis Strange defeated Sir Nick Faldo in an 18-hole playoff for the first of his two consecutive U.S. Open titles. Strange is a, is a kind of a well-known crud, right? I think. so. I think so. that's the deal with him that he's yeah. kind of a crud. Yeah. Very interesting. The logo for the Country Club, apparently, at least according to this, which I'm guessing is is right, is very similar to that of Oakmont. Little squirrel. Yeah, squirrel eating a nut. Yep. Yeah.
2: Everyone was big on that. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's great. Yeah. Unless they're in your backyard eating things up. No, that's not fun. Less. Less yeah. great. Not great. Um, what were we saying? You'd ask me. What, what was it? What was it? Oh, where, where? How do you rank them? The four majors.
3: Oh, easy the open one masters to us open three pga four
2: i guess i should amend this because i don't like the pga in may i liked it in august yeah but it never was
3: the consequence of the u.s open
2: does isn't but I, it wasn't but i also liked that i saw different courses i feel like the u.s opens played the same courses my whole life
3: yeah but they're like playing some you know classic american courses which is the american championship but they also wasn't the u.s open they, just they, out they in like chambers, chambers bay, bay? Stuff. that yeah. was a disaster it just uh, looked gross
2: yeah they've done a couple of those where they move it around but it it does yeah it always just seems really hot to me and i, I don't like how bad they struggle it's fine watching them struggle i mean yeah, for hard. me it's not I did, i'm like Ugh. that means
4: it's really yeah like what was really the one really was hard. it at
2: wing foot when they were putting it like they would it would roll off they yeah. put it off the edge and they were like that type of stuff. It always seems like there's controversy. And in the old days, I was not a big Johnny Miller fan.
3: Sure, sure.
2: You know, it just him and Dan Dan Hicks, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I just never was a fan of that pairing uh, calling the tournament versus Nance. You got Nance on the other two and then the the AB you always would get Peter Alice on the on the British. So that that always kind of added to that a little bit. Um I'd love to see Rory win it though. He's been real chesty.
3: I'd love to see him. Yeah, it'd, it. it'd be fun. I think it, it would be fun for it to come down to like Dustin Johnson is playing. Yeah. It'd be fun for it to come down to like Rory and Dustin or Rory and Phil or something. Oh, like it'd that. be amazing. That would Do, be awesome. Don't you think it's
2: a play like Dustin shoots eighty two, eighty one? Like just, just doesn't mails. deal with all of this and just says I'm out. I don't know.
4: I
3: could also see him light it
4: up just yeah. as easily. So FYI as well, like US Open, you've got pairings going off on one at the first pairings at six forty five AM. Wow, that's early. Six forty five AM also on number ten. So, they're flying them. They're they are everywhere. Getting everyone through. Yeah. I don't see our guy.
3: Um. Well, did you see, like, the cold shoulder Spieth gave Kevin Na in the practice round? Like, a it's real cold, cold shoulder. It's pretty easy
2: to give Kevin Na the, heart, the cold shoulder. Like, give it, give like, it to Dustin Johnson. Then we'll see. But
3: wouldn't you imagine, though, that, like, a guy like Kevin Na, the payday is probably very – useful to him. It's not like he was out there dominating. You, you illustrated the
2: this on Monday with the guy who finished second who made like more money in one than he'd made his entire career. Three times. Yeah, three times. Like look at like Ricky Fowler. Like he's never gonna his he's done, but he, he
3: absolutely should he should, should go. A hundred percent. For sure.
2: Yeah. Absolutely I, should.
4: I don't know if Dustin Johnson is playing.
2: He said he was, unless he
3: changed his mind, which is in play. Certainly in play. Um why would he, he wouldn't want the heat like, do you think people are – are we expecting oh, live players? He's at 136
4: with Webb Simpson and Matt Fitzpatrick.
3: We're not, like, expecting live tour players to be heckled for playing on no. the live tour. There, there was a little of that with Phil yesterday.
2: There were some people, like, cheering him, and then, and then there there was, like, people yelling, how's the blood money, Phil? Like, there was some of that nonsense that was going on out there. As if these are the only guys who have ever done a deal with the Saudis. Our <laughs> like, government Our, our government does deals with the Saudis for years. Like A lot of people have businesses. I mean, come on. What are we doing? Uh, we're going to hold it against these guys versus everybody right. else. Exactly. Plenty of sports do deals. So, um, But I do look forward to it. I, I love the fact that it's on early. I mean, that, this, that's the only thing where, about an East Coast major. Can you're we actually up you're at watch it. it all? I'm sure. It's probably – doesn't ESPN have the rights?
3: No. I saw on a tweet earlier today where it is like all over the place. So it's like on – some on the Golf Channel, then some on the Peacock Network, and then some yeah, on I was say, NBC. I thought... oh, stupid and Peacock then the golf. Network? You got to be kidding me! It's all over every day. It's on like four different things, but it's never low. this is all back to
2: ESPN now. It's off of ESPN, the U.S. Open now completely. They used to have the early round stuff because that's where uh, Berman would show up. That was the only major they allowed him at. Augusta wouldn't let him come. So according
4: to this, all right, here you go. Um. Six forty-five to nine thirty a.m. is on Peacock. Yeah, nine thirty a.m. To, to four o'clock is on USA. Oh god! And then NBC slash Peacock Fubo TV four p to seven p. That's Thursday and Friday. It looks like
3: four
2: p to seven p.
4: It, it's all no, no, no. over the place. This is yeah four p to seven p four to seven. Uh, sa- look Saturday. 10 a.m. to noon on Peacock, noon to 8 on NBC. Yep. Sunday is 9 to 10 on Peacock, 10 to noon on USA Network, noon to 7 on NBC. Good Lord. So at least they got that. And, uh, again, you can watch it all. You just got to find it. USA Network will have apps. everything from 9.30 a.m. to 4 o'clock. So tomorrow
2: morning I'm going to be downloading the Peacock app and signing up for some free thing that I'll forget to cancel. i will be charged $17 a month. Basically. That's how that's going to go. Yes as I read into my crystal ball on that front. Um, All right, coming up next, Z goes one-on-one with our defensive coordinator, Joe Woods. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
3: Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily. Very happy to be joined now by Browns defensive coordinator Joe Woods and coach to have a nice full offseason, something you haven't had here in your three years in Cleveland. What's that been like for
8: you, your staff, and your players? It's a new experience. Um, We were talking about that earlier. Um, It's nice to have all the guys back at the beginning of offseason. We can take them through phase one, phase two, really install our system, take them through the drill work, and then everything's finalized here by what you do in mandatory minicamp. So it's been good to have all the guys here. And what has been
3: kind of your evaluation of the progress of this defense over the course of this offseason?
8: I think the progress is good. Um, you know, the way we're doing offseason, we're not doing a lot of banging, just in terms right. of being physical. And I think that's smart, just keeping guys healthy. But I think it's been good in terms of learning our base defense. And that's why I talked to the guys actually about uh, today, is just learning our defensive concepts. So as long as we learn our concepts, then when we get to training camp, we can make the little tweaks that we need to it.
3: All right, this has been pretty much a passing camp. We've heard the offensive side talk about that. But listen, it's a passing league, so that means great work for your defense. And I'll be honest, there's a lot of iron sharpening iron out there. Your back seven, I think, has been phenomenal this offseason. What have you seen when you put on the
8: tape and look at those guys? I agree with everything you said. Um, For me, being a DV guy, um, just the opportunity to go out there and match up against some really good receivers. Denzel's uh, had great work against Amari Cooper. You know, Schwartz, this with the speed, Denzel's matchup against him. But all across the board, whether it's a receiver, tight end, it's just premium matchups every day. So it's been really good for us.
3: All right, let's start with the linebackers, because one guy that I can't take my eyes off is Jacob Phillips. And I know JOK has been great. Anthony Walker has been great as well. But it feels like Jacob Phillips is on a path to really ascend this year. If he can stay healthy, he's got the ability, he needs to have the availability. What have you seen from him? And is he somebody that you do have big plans for?
8: Yeah, I definitely have big plans for Jacob. Um, he's a guy since we first got him here. You could see that he had the right mindset that we're looking for as a, at linebacker. Um, he's a leader in the huddle. You know, he's not afraid to uh, tell the veteran guys to listen up, and you can see him taking control out here. And he's a guy that runs sideline to sideline. He has a size and length. You know, he's made some plays just based on that when we're in zone coverage. But I look forward to him having a great year. And next to him has been Jay. Okay, how's he kind of progressed here in year number two? He's doing well. I think when you come back your second year as a rookie, you're more familiar with the system. So some of the things that we ask him to do yeah. he is more familiar with. I think the execution is much better. And for me it's a it's a positive because now I can put a little bit more in his plate.
3: All right, so we talked a little bit about those guys, a. Walk, a veteran. We know of talk. they played very well for you. Let's go to the outside in the cornerback room because this is one of the strengths of this football team, without question. You know, talked about Denzel. We know who he is. He just got paid and, and deservedly so. But Greg Newsom's a guy. Every time I'm out here, I say to myself, this guy's a chance. I think one of the best corners in the league, period, inside, outside, versatility, and just seems to be in command out there. You talked about Jacob talking to guys. Right. Greg's
8: always talking to guys. saying, Hey, you got to do this, do this, and he's, he, he's looked pretty darn good. Yeah, in this league, you have to have corners to play. When you can go match up against you know elite receivers in this league and, and play single high defense, it's an advantage. And you know you mentioned Denzel. We all know what Denzel's capable of doing. We saw it last season. And then you saw Greg in his rookie season. He has some premium matchups against some of the better receivers in this league. Yeah. And he played really well. Uh, he also has a versatility to move inside. So this helps us with the creativity with our package. And then what Greedy did uh, last year when guys went down, And uh, now we have the young guys, Martin Emerson, A.J. Green stepped in to play. But, you know, from the corner position, we're we're loaded. We have a bunch of good players, and uh, that's going to help us this year play defense.
3: That gives you a lot of flexibility. Use three of them. Use four of them if you want, whatever you want to do to to, to confuse the the coverage. And also, because you can run with anybody out there, and you go back to Phillips and JOK, there's just so much length and speed. You mentioned Greed, though. I've noticed no shoulder harness this year. He seems to be more comfortable out there with his body and has had a very nice camp.
8: Yeah, Greedy's definitely uh, healthier this year. I mean, he fought through it last year and did a great job. But now you can tell he's in good spirits. Uh, technically, he's made some improvements that we talked to him about. Um, but it, it really helps us to have him. Because I always believe that defensively, you want to create the matchups. You want to kind of dictate how the game's being played. And having a guy like Greedy enables us to do that.
3: And then you mentioned MJ Emerson. What have you seen from the rook so far?
8: He is big. Yeah, he is. He is big. He has extreme length. And he's already changed his body. Uh, we, his body. we just talked about some of the nutrition. We talked about some of the weight gains. Uh, you know, Sean holds with the strength and conditioning yep. staff. And uh, MJ is the guy that has the big, has had the biggest change so far, just in terms of more lean uh, muscle mass and lowering his body fat. So he's a guy, you know, you look up in a year or two, he might be, you know, 6'2", 200-pound corner.
3: Yeah, he's a big guy, and he, I've seen already some versatility. He's an outside guy in college, but inside, and hey, maybe this guy can cover some tight ends for you down the road. Let's talk about the back, back end, your safety room. Top three guys all back and rich as well, but it really feels like Grant Delpit. They say the big leaps from year one to year two. This really is his second season. I know it's his third year in the league, but a second season playing. He's been phenomenal getting his hands on the ball. John's getting closer to the line of scrimmage where he likes it, getting his hands on the ball. Ronnie's back. How's that back end doing for you?
8: There's a lot of a lot of versatility, yeah. a lot of different packages we can run, um, a lot of different matchups that we can create, and uh, you know you talked about Grant. Um, I think Grant, you know, coming off that injury. It's kind of one of those deals where you're trying to feel like, am I really healthy? So I think early on in the season, he was kind of just testing himself just to see where he was at. And then once he got comfortable, you could see his playmaking ability show up. And so far this offseason, you can see he's more confident. He's trying to take control and be a leader out there. So I think he has a chance to have a really big season for us.
3: Yeah, and as we mentioned, John and Ronnie back as well. So you've got, what's it like as a defensive coordinator and a guy, as you mentioned, a DB oriented. You're basically bringing back, you know, four of your top five corners from a year ago. You add an MJ Emerson to that group and you're bringing back, you know, your four safeties from a year ago.
8: Right. It's good because it gives you flexibility in the defense and the packages you can put on the field. The thing I have to be careful of is not doing too much, because you want to you do different things defensively, but you don't want to do so much that it slows them down. So we'll be a little bit more creative this year with what we do defensively, but at the same time, we're not going to try to do too much. All right, let's go up to the front of this defense real
3: quickly. Your ends are back. I know you're very happy to get your Devian Clowney back along with Miles Garrett. Some changes in the middle of the defense, but some of the guys are the same. They're just progressing now. How do you see kind of this defensive front? And really, it's hard to tell in these kind of camps. We'll see that more in training camps again this season. But it's probably nice out there today to see your full 11 guys out there for the first time this offseason.
8: It was definitely good to see everybody out there. Um, But outside the defensive end position, obviously with Miles and JD out there, uh, that just gives you comfort. Because those two guys worked well together last year. And with the guys we brought in, we brought in some free agents that that have some NFL experience that played, also with some of the young guys we drafted. So it's a good mixture there. It'll play itself out through training camp. And uh, preseason, and then inside uh, with Jordan Elliott, he's doing a good job right now. Tommy Togia is doing a good job, and then with the addition of Taven Bryan, um, he was a guy I remember we looked at uh, years ago when I was at Denver, and we were really okay. high on him there. Uh, but he fits our scheme. And then you have Perry on Winfrey, uh, Sheldon Day. I mean, we have a nice combination of different type of players, but guys that really fit what we're looking for in our system. How are those two youngsters doing? Alex right at defensive end, and then. Perry on, who is quite a personality on the inside. Yeah, Alex is learning. You know, I think Cleveland Browns is a little bit different than UAB for yep. him. So I think it's a learning experience. Um, but athletically, he's gifted. He has a size and length, um, the movement skills that we covet. You know, and then Perry on the inside, you know, you, as you guys know, he brings the energy. Yeah. He's a very passionate guy, uh, very long, very powerful. So again, both of those guys fit what we're looking for in a defensive lineman, And they'll improve as, as we get into training camp and preseason.
3: I felt like over the last 10 games of the year, you guys were as good as any defense in the NFL, especially against the past. And that's what this league has become. As you mentioned, you have flexibility now to do a lot of things and probably some things people haven't seen yet. When you kind of conceptualize what you want this defense to be and where offenses are going, what they're trying to do, what's kind of that mindset for this season?
8: Yeah, well, my philosophy has always been is, is try to make the quarterback beat you on Sunday, not the coordinator during the week. So you want to have enough Defense where you can give them a little change up every week. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to figure it out. Um, so, you know, coming back after the success we had last year with the system we put in, it's just we're going to continue to grow in that system, um, have the flexibility to try to create those looks, create those matchups just to, you know, try to confuse the offense a little bit.
3: As a defensive guy, how happy are you? Kind of, you're going to get your break, but then to come back to training camp where you can actually
8: get the pads on and we can start to see what this defense really is going to look like. Yeah, we'll be excited for that for sure. Um, you know, now it's just kind of, teaching the guys the technique, teaching them the scheme. Um, and you're heading into summer break, so you don't feel that pressure. But once you come back for training camp, then it's real. Because everything you're doing is leading up to the regular season. So it'll be good to see where we're at physically. We put the pads on, and we get into some you know, run drills, and, and yeah. really compete against the offense.
3: You've been around some great defenses. Just from a potential standpoint, that potential doesn't necessarily mean anything. But does this one have a chance to be special in your mind?
8: I do. I just think when you have talented players, as long as we can come together um, as a defense, you know, and play as, you know, one one of 11, everybody just does their job, then I think we can have the results that we're looking for and be one of the better defenses in the league. Well,
3: we're looking forward to seeing it. Glad you're running the show on that side of the ball. Coach, thanks for the time.
8: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it.
3: All right. We'll be back with more Cleveland Browns Daily right after this.
1: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: Stanley Cup Finals tonight.
3: Can you guess the teams? Finally. Lightning. Oh! Against...
4: Boy, I feel like... Edmonton? Oh,
3: Well, they were in the Western Final. They were, so they lost to Colorado. That's Dang it. it. There you but Edmonton go. had the guy that, was, that was like Nick a David. superstar. Nick David. yeah. And they lost, so I was betting yeah. on that. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right, so Lightning-Avalanche. Yeah, Lightning going for three straight. They're going three for three straight. straight. And they were a yeah, five
2: seed. They were, but it's a little deceiving. Okay. Yeah. Um, a little yeah. sandbagging? They've been the best team for a while um, in the league. I mean, they... They beat uh, Toronto in the first round, which is Toronto was up the whole series, and they beat them in seven because Toronto can't have nice things. And then they but, beat the Rangers. They beat, they beat the Rangers. They were down oh two 2 and beat them. I was worried about that because when Donovan in, and Donovan loves his hockey, so he was talking about the Rangers and hot goalie, I'm like, I'm like Jim, they're going to get smoked by this Lightning team. And I they, they were down 2-zip, and I'm like, my God, I don't want to lose my hockey credibility with Donovan. I'm so, so at least the lightning person. won the last four, so I kept my credibility.
3: I'm glad you got that right, and it happened while I was gone. But the video of the guy knocking out the lightning fan, and then obviously, oh he's god, been gross! Like, how does this stuff happen? Like people are idiots. But what
2: compels somebody to do that? Yeah. To Punch somebody in a in a sporting like, you event? Just punching, oh, you tried to decapitate him. Since yeah, no, it was awful. awful. Um, if a car truck or motorcycle accident caused you injury, call the injury lawyers at one eight hundred Elk Ohio for a free case review. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. We will be at First Energy tomorrow. Give it. Do you have a tech
4: uh no i have a weather update right now it's okay It uh the heat index up to 107 right now
3: outside i'll tell you what the heat's gonna be we just talked to joe woods the heat's gonna be on our defense is gonna be nasty yes. i'm calling it right now i'm planting that flag this defense way, is gonna be nasty
4: vip treatment tomorrow for one of the three of us it's not me and it's not Zagura. What do the I got going that on? B, you get to park underneath the stadium tomorrow. Oh my
2: gosh! So th- that's the what's going to allow me get there to get there. So, so I should be able to get there. Yes. Where do
4: I go? You go to the east gate. Okay. Just pull in. Give me your name. East gate. Underneath. Right across like from the, the science center parking garage. Oh, right You're there.
2: Park right underneath. All right, very uh, good. And then I'll, I'll make my way up. Zagar and
4: I will be uh, parking in the, next to the water.
2: Hey, that's Sweet. where I saw the USS oh, uh, Minneapolis-St. Minneapolis, Paul was yeah. there.
3: And there are probably going to be about 1,000 birds that you're going to get to avoid, which I know for you is a good thing.
2: Not crazy about them yeah. at all. Uh, all right, so we will be at the stadium tomorrow. We will. 1 to 3, and then that will wrap up uh, mandatory minicamp. Are we going to be in the booth? We will be in the booth. That's going to be fun.
4: I'm putting us in the booth fun. because the weather forecast not looking great. Who knows what that will
2: be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so they, you have that to look forward to, which is nice. The next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening
4: to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.